Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 63 tonight, and uh, this is one of my favorite psalms, and you know, the preacher, his favorite is whatever he's preaching at the moment, but uh, in all sincerity, Psalm 63, it's a passage of scripture that the Lord's used to help me uh, for many, many years, and I want to share with you a message tonight. Uh, I want to preach this message titled like this, Hopeful in hard times, hopeful in hard times. I want to remind you of something, that God's people have every reason to be hopeful. Uh, the devil wants to get you in a place where you feel like there's no hope. Uh, you feel like uh, God's dead. You feel like uh, you know, you're the rare exception that God wasn't faithful to you. Uh, but the bottom line is there's hope for God's people always. Uh, without exception, without fail, there's hope. And uh, when things are difficult, there's hope. And we need to be asking God's blessing. I'll tell you, David was going through a situation in Psalm 63 that is uh, hard to fathom. And it was definitely hard. If you look right under Psalm 63, in most copies of God's Word, there'll be a title of this psalm. Uh, the title that is mentioned in my copy of the scripture says this, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. When he was in the wilderness of Judah. Why was David in the wilderness of Judah? I'll tell you, he was hiding from his own son. Absalom had decided that the best course of action uh, for his life was to run his father off the throne of Israel. And his goal and burden was to literally murder his own father so he could be the king of Israel. Uh, can you imagine? Now, there's one thing, we having a rough day. It's another day to having such a rough day that your own son is trying to murder you. And uh, David's life, when he is hiding out in the wilderness of Judah, has changed drastically. And uh, it's, a, it's a difficult moment. On one day, David is the king and ruling over the nation of Israel, God's chosen king. And the next day, he's hiding because he's running for his life because he doesn't know who he could trust and who his low-down, good-for-nothing, egg-sucking dog son had turned against him. You, you know, this is a difficult moment. And as David is in the wilderness of Judah, it seems to be a quiet moment, a time where he's got just a moment to breathe and regain his composure and gather his thoughts. By the way, it's important that before you react, that you take time to seek the Lord and try your dead level best to respond to life's hopeless moments by looking and turning to God first. And when we meet up with David in Psalm 63 with a broken heart and an uncertain future, he regathers his thoughts. And we have this psalm, the 63rd psalm, and he turns his thoughts towards the Lord. And the end product is renewed faith, renewed hope, and ultimately we know in David's life uh, his opportunity to serve God's not over, and that the future still has a certain brightness about it. Psalm 63, the Bible says in verse 1, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. 
to see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul falleth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. I want you to know something. There's hope in hard times. And let's look at some things here in this passage of Scripture. The first thing I want you to consider is uh, when we're in hard times, it's good to be thirsty. The first word I want you to think about is thirsty. Now, the Bible says in verse number one, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Now, look, David uh, acknowledges something. This situation has made him thirsty for God. I, I want to encourage you tonight. If you've found yourself in a situation where you've come to the place where you are uh, parched and you know you need God's help right now, thirsty is good. Thirsty is good. Now, I'll just have you know something. I want to remind you that if there, when there are seasons in your life where there is no thirst for God, when you think somehow you've got this all worked out and figured out, those are the moments that should be the most alarming. The most alarming moment in your life is the moment where you pillow your head at night and say, My, lands, I am awesome. That's a dangerous place. Now, look, I think it's good to be optimistic, and we should be optimistic. But if your optimism is rooted in your ability, if your optimism is rooted in what you have, you'll find out soon enough that that will fail you. But God never will. And so David, at this moment, he's thirsty. He's acknowledging that he's thirsty. And he's thankful that he's thirsty because when we get thirsty for God, we thirst after the very thing that can give us hope, the very thing that can bless us, the very thing that'll make a difference. Thirsty. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. I love that word early. Every time I read this passage of scripture, the word early is like a, a billboard to me. Early. It, what does David say? I'm running for my life. I'm mad at Absalom. I, can you imagine all the different emotions that's going through David's head as he's saying about what Absalom had done to him? He says, whoa, Lord, early I'll seek you. The first thing we need to do is seek the Lord. Now, make it a habit seeking the Lord. When you get aggravated, seek the Lord. When you get upset, seek the Lord. When you're desperate, seek the Lord. He says, early will I seek thee. He says, my soul thirsteth for thee. Like I'm in a desert. Verse number two. He says, I'm hungry. I want to see thy power and thy glory. So as I've seen thee in the sanctuary, he says, Lord, I need a fresh move in your spirit in my life. I tell you, it's a sweet thing when God's people get to the place where they yearn for a moving of the spirit of God. And I'll just tell you, none of us are prone 
to seek God when everything is going perfect. And maybe I overstate that. There may be some rare exceptions, but I know this, that my urgency to seek God is not like it should be when everything's going smooth as butter. And my yearning for the presence of God and the moving of God in my life and on my family is not as heightened when everything's going smooth. And so thirsty is a good thing. If you've come here tonight and you're thirsty, well, you need to thank God for it. If you come here tonight and you're thirsty, you need to thank God for it. And let your thirst drive you to the source where your thirst can be quenched. The Lord is a fountain of life to those who seek Him. Thirsty. If you want to stay hopeful in hard times, you stay thirsty. And let your thirst remind you that you need God. And let your thirst remind you that when you need God, you have Him. Thirsty. Number two, thankful. Thankful. Now, David, at a moment when he had lots of reasons to complain, he remained thankful. This has been a recurring subject lately in my preaching. and I just preach what the Bible says, and it comes up often. But I think God reminds us often that we need to stay thankful. And so here's what the Bible says in verse 3. Thankful. If you want to have hope in hard times, stay thirsty. Be thankful. Thankful. The Bible says in verse 3, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. He says, I'm going to praise you, Lord, anyway. And he says, the reason I'm going to praise you is because you, your loving kindness, is better than life. Do you know what we get all upset about? We get all upset when life doesn't go the way we want life to go. How many of you have ever been upset because life didn't go the way you wanted life to go? That has worked out like that sometimes, doesn't it? And sometimes it's little things like somebody pulled out in front of you. And sometimes it's little things like they drive too slow on your way to work. Sometimes it's little things like whatever. They've got too many coupons in the line at Food City. But other times it's great big things. Life didn't go the way you want it to. We spend so much of our time upset because life's not going the way we want life to go. But we need to be reminded of something, that God's loving kindness to us is greater than life. And David said, look, my life has been sweet. I've been the king of Israel. And right now, I'm hiding out in Judah in a wilderness. My future is uncertain. But when you put too much stock in life and too little stock in God, the end result is that you're going to spend a whole lot of your time really upset because you're not getting your way. But we got to remember something. We need to stay thankful because the loving kindness of God that orchestrates the events of our lives, it's better than life. Now look, that's easy for me to say and hard for me to live. Because I like life, and I want my life to go a certain way, and I'm making plans, and I'm doing things, and I'm moving pieces around so that I can get what I want. But sometimes God knows what is better for me than what I know for me. And he acts in loving kindness and upsets my apple cart. (laughs) And David is in that shape. He's like, my land's. My life is at best up in the air. 
But when life is up in the air, you need to determine and decide in advance that I'm going to be thankful because God's love is orchestrating and working and allowing. I can trust him. Thy loving kindness is better than life. He says, therefore, my lips shall praise thee. I'm going to be thankful. Here's what it says as we continue. The Bible says, verse 5, my soul... Uh, because verse number three, I'm sorry, because I love in kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Verse number four, thus will I bless thee while I live. Let me remind you of something. If you're here tonight and you're living, would you say amen? amen? Yeah, you're living. Praise the Lord for that. David said, look, here's the deal. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to praise the Lord. That is, the, that is a grand decision. That is a grand, and I'm just going to tell you something. Lots of Christian people have not decided that. But David said, this is rough, but because God is on the throne, because God is good, because God is rich in loving kindness, I'm just going to tell you something. Here's the deal. Whether I'm ever the king of Israel again or not, I'm, for the rest of my life, going to be thankful. I'm going to praise God. I'll tell you. Let's just go ahead and decide. Let's just go ahead and decide. You know what, Lord? As long as I'm alive, I'm going to praise you. And I'll be quite frank with you. Even at the moment in life where you think you have nothing to be thankful for, you really do. And David said, I'm just decided. This is my resolve. I'm going to praise the Lord. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to praise the Lord. Verse Number four. Thus will I bless thee while I live. He says, I will lift up my hands in thy name. He says, I'm just going to praise the Lord. I'm going to be thankful. Verse number five. We're going to move from thirsty to thankful to trusting. David decided, I'm going to be trusting. The Bible says in verse number five, My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. So many times I've preached this message and I emphasize those two little words, shall and shall. You see that? The word shall. Now, I'll just tell you, I'm no great grammarian. I, I didn't do great in English grammar. Uh, but I have enough understanding of the English language to know that the words shall are future. I shall go to bed tonight. Hopefully at a decent hour. That's going to happen in the future. And so David said something. He says, my soul shall be satisfied. He says, my mouth shall praise. What was David doing? He was trusting. He was planning that God would be good. Now, I think this is so important to see the progression in David's thoughts. The worst thing that ever happened in David's life has just happened. And David now is purposing in his heart that he is going to remain thankful as long as he lives. And then on top of that, he is determined and he knows and he's confident that this time of mourning will not last forever. But there's coming a time very soon that he shall rejoice. That it's going to be okay. You know what kind of Christian David was being? He was the kind of Christian that was saying in his heart, and not foolishly, but saying in his heart and faith, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Can I tell you something? 
You have every reason as God's child tonight to say with confidence in your heart and with your mouth, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Oh my. The course of last month, how many times have we dealt face to face with some of those grievous things in the world to be born? Heartbreak and tragedy and difficult. But I want you to know something. God's not dead. It's going to be okay. God has a purpose, temporal and eternal, and we can trust him. David says, I'm going to be trusting. I'm going to trust God. My soul shall be satisfied. My soul, my mouth shall praise thee. Look at the last phrase of verse number five. My soul shall praise thee. How? With joyful lips. With joyful lips. Have you let circumstances of the moment rob you of the joy that God wants to give you? The answer is yes. I challenge you. Don't let the devil rob you of the treasure that God has designed for you. Be joyful. You don't have to fake it. But I will tell you this. If you determine that you're going to be thankful as long as you live, the joy is going to start to come back. And if you determine that you're going to trust the Lord and you're going to thank Him for the thirsty moments, the joy is going to start to come back. If you start feeding and filling your heart with God's Word and godly influences, you know what's going to The joy is going to come back. David says, I'm going to trust you in joy. Don't let the devil rob you of your joy. He was trusting. He was trusting to God for the future. Verse number 6. The Bible says, When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. I've thought about this verse so many times for so many years. I rarely comment on it. But I've been thinking about this. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. You know what happens? I don't know if you're like this, but I'm like this. I may not be as super a Christian as you are, but this happens to me. I'll get victory in my heart. I'll be like, it's going to be okay. Yes, it's going to be okay. God, I know you're faithful. And something happens about the time you pillow your head at night. And it's like the devil begins to sound sirens in your soul. And the faith that was so strong. Now, normally it doesn't happen to me as soon as I go to sleep. Because if you've probably heard my story, I sit on the side of the bed at night and I tell Ruth, if you've got anything to say, you better say it now. I like those baby dolls. You remember those baby dolls that when you lay them down, their eyes close. As soon as you start to go this way, they start flapping. That's me. As soon as you lay me flat, he's gone. But about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, if I'm lucky, 5. In the night watches. That says right there, right? Is that what it says? In the night watches. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Those moments when... It's like, oh no. 
We have those waves that, you know, I've got, the, I've got this, or the Lord's got, it's going to be okay. But then you start thinking, oh, oh. You get in those situations where you get one little bit of bad news and all of your hope and all of your faith just goes whoosh right out the door. <laughs> that, I think that's the description. And David says, you know what, I'm going to trust you, Lord, in the mood swings and the fearful moments and the times where I pick it back up again. I'm going to trust you again. He says, I'm going to be trusting I want to trust you. I'm going to remain trusting. The Bible says in verse 7, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. So this is another little English lesson. Because thou hast been. That's past tense. David's saying, because, Lord, you've been faithful before. Now, David, we know his story, and you can fill in your story, but we know a lot of David's story. You remember that day that David fought that little giant guy named Goliath? Was it all because of David's cunning and prowess and power and might and military skill that that giant fell? No. God proved himself. And David thought, you know, God, you've been faithful before. Because you've been faithful, thou hast been my help. He says, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. You know what he's doing? He's just following the Lord. I like this little picture. He says, you've been faithful to me in the past. And because of that, in the shadow of your wings, I'm going to rejoice. Because of the past, I'm going to plan to rejoice in the future. But I want you to see this little picture. The shadow of thy wings. The shadow of thy wings. Let me tell you something. If you're in something shadow, it means you're close. If you stay in something shadow, it means you're moving as it moves. And David said, I'm not sure what the future holds. He didn't know how this was all going to unfold. He didn't know that eventually Absalom would get that beautiful hair hung in a tree and have a dart shot through his heart. He didn't know how this, was end, how was the, this would end. But he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to remain in the shadow of your wings. He says, God, the best I know how is you move, I'm going to move. When you stop, I'm going to stop. And every moment, I'm going to be seeking to know and do your will. Hey, I want to tell you something. If you want to do and know God's will, and you want to follow near to the Lord, you can. He'll make sure that you're with him all along. He says, he says, look, you've been faithful in the past. He says, I know where to get the blessing. I know where to get the hope. He says, I'm just going to follow close to you. I'm going to be in the shadow of your wing. He says, I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep trusting you. Verse number 8, he says, my soul followeth hard after thee. You see that? That's the, how, you, how do I remain in the shadow of God's wing? My soul followeth hard after thee. What do I do? I just keep following. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Well, I like that. Sometimes I think, man, I'm going to get tired following the Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You follow the Lord. And he says, 
my right hand will uphold you. That's exciting to me. Sometimes I think about my lands, the road that's ahead. Another year, another round of battles and wars to be fought and burdens to bear. I think, my lands, I'm going to get tired. I'm trying to stay in the shadow of God's wing. I mean, it's a lot of work. I think we get the wrong perspective. It is work, and we should work at it. But the sweet news is when we have a heart to work at it and to stay in the shadow of God's wings and follow hard after God, God says, when you do that, guess what's going to happen? Oh, buddy, I'm going to reach in behind you and I'm going to hold you with the right hand. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to carry you along. Oh, it's so sweet that God gives us these promises. You see, there's hope. He says, I'm just going to keep trusting. I'm going to trust you with my future. I'm going to follow hard after you. And finally, he says, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my enemies. I'm going to trust you with my enemies. The Bible says in verse 9, But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. He says, Lord, I know that you're going to deal with my enemies. If you've ever had an enemy, it is horrible. It's horrible. An enemy is devastating, especially if you love people. And you end up with an enemy. I said years ago when I first started pastoring, I was 26 years old. and I remember starting to pastor and just trying to do the best I knew how and trying to please the Lord. And God was a blessing. But I, I've told lots of people, I never had an enemy until I started trying to lead and pastor a church. And I found me a couple. And I'll just tell you something, it broke my heart. It, it still breaks my heart. I'd do anything to keep that person from being my enemy. I don't I hate it. How do I deal with enemies? David says, I've got an enemy. And David's enemy is more heartbreaking than any enemy I've ever had. It's his own son. He says, Lord, you're going to take care of my enemies. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. He says some pretty graphic things. He says, my enemies, they'll fall by the sword. They shall fall, they shall be a portion for foxes. That makes sense. Fox food, yeah. He says in verse 11, but the king shall rejoice in God. He says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. And he says, everyone that shall swear by him shall glory. The jury's out whether he's talking about if you swear by God, you'll glory. The truth is, if you swear by God, you'll glory. If you choose God, you'll glory. But in David's case, and in the nation of Israel's case this moment, anybody that would swear by David, who was following the Lord as the rightful king, they would glory too. So both ways is just fine. David says, I'm going to rejoice in God. I'm just going to keep him first. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. The mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. What David wants to know, hey, look, stay hopeful in hard times. It's good to be thirsty. Always be thankful. And always trust. Trusting, trusting. 
trusting Jesus, it's the right answer. Make no mistake about it. Trust the Lord. Let's pray.